audio-only version of American RVer. To see the video podcast, go to AmericanRVer.com and click on the video link for the show on the homepage. You're watching American RVer. Glad you could join us. On this show, we meet an interesting family in a unique Class A RV. They call themselves the Eco Womb Tour. Clint Malson and family travel the country promoting green living, and they practice what they preach. We meet the family and find out what they do to live green. Next, we speak with Bob Gordon, writer, RVer, and single male looking for that special someone. Bob is an interesting guy you won't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of American RVer. Welcome to this edition of American RVer. I'm Peggy Gritch. So glad you joined us this month. You know, as we travel along the road, we run into interesting people all the time, and today is no exception. We're here with Clint and Angela Malson, and they're four kids who travel full-time in an RV, but they do it a little bit differently than we do. What's your slogan? Veggie grease. Love peace, go by love, peace, and veggie grease. And veggie grease. So let's start with the veggie grease part, because we all know about love and peace, because <laughs> yes. we're RVers. Yeah. Your RV is powered by used vegetable oil. That's correct. Tell me about that. Um, so it's a diesel engine, it's a diesel pusher, and basically we take used waste vegetable oil, mm -hmm. um, so uh, oil that comes out of a fryer, and we filter it and we run it right in our engine. How is that even possible? Yeah. I well, don't get it. Yeah, well the diesel engine was actually designed to run on uh, vegetable oil. Uh, it was designed so farmers could grow their own fuel. Um, so. Um, you actually, there's a lot of uh, waste type of oils you could actually run as fuel in, uh, in a diesel engine. And how do you get your oil? Where does it come from? How do you make that happen? I mean, I know there's oil at KFC and other places. Right, mm -hmm. so uh, we do get it from restaurants. Uh, we also get it from uh, universities, like we'll do a Skillshare with the university because a lot of universities have a biodiesel program. Okay. So what they'll do is they'll take the fuel from the, or the oil from the uh, cafeteria and then they'll turn that waste vegetable oil into biodiesel and then they'll use that biodiesel on their trucks. So then we'll go and we'll exchange and they'll give us uh, the vegetable oil. Or we get it from people that collect it and filter it and then reprocess it. Okay, now it. would you be able to use biodiesel oh, wow. or is there sure. spe specifically vegetable oil? Sure, no, we can use yeah. biodiesel, diesel, waste vegetable oil. Well, aren't there more and more uh, service stations out there that are starting to sell biodiesel? There are. There are a lot more. Uh, but again, that's sort of like a big industry business processed thing, whereas you can get right, some and sure. process it yourself. That's correct. Yeah. Right. That is correct. And are the restaurants or universities just happy to get rid of that? Um, it, it, there used to be a time when, when they had to pay to get rid of it, and so right. they would be happy to. Happy. Now yes. there's a lot of uh, recycling companies that will come and collect it or pay the restaurants to collect it. So it's a little bit tougher these days to get it, but if it's you- still possible. Yeah, so <laughs> if, you just, if you just plan it out, um, right. you can get it. And sometimes we get it for free. Sometimes we may pay if it's already filtered and dewatered, but we're paying like $2 a gallon or $1.75 a gallon right. as opposed to three, $4 a gallon for diesel. Right. So I'm sure you've done some uh, studies and you know what your expenses are over the years. So for fuel for a year, how much do you think you'd be spending compared to me, who's, you know, paying three dollars well, a gallon? Probably half. 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 
That's amazing. If a little bit it less. really helps yeah. you save expenses on the road. Then. Sure, it's, sure. It's how we've been able to travel. Okay. Yeah, we can travel the way we do. <laughs> right. You know, at, with the cost yeah, of diesel, cost, right? Right. so right. it's definitely Now helped. you're traveling with four children, mm -hmm. so you're obviously <laughs> homeschooling. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what do you what do you like best about that homeschooling experience? Um, it, we, we call it life learning. Um, we're learning right alongside our kids. Um, we're doing so many hands-on activities and the places we go, they learn about. They learn about different habitats. They're learning about different animals, trees. Um, we do a lot of outdoor learning. Um, we try to visit national and state parks and do like the junior ranger programs and um, <laughs> and different things outside with them a lot. Museums. Do you have to be part of a school network so that their learning is accounted for? Yeah, we are. We're, we are uh, part of a, a network in Florida, um, which is where our home base is. Yeah, okay. it's um, called Florida Unschoolers, and so we're a part uh -huh. of a part of that network. And and are right. you finding that there are lots of families on the road doing the same thing? We are. We lots are. Lots of families. We connected with a lot of families, and we've actually traveled with other families. Um, so basically, it's a, like a built-in community for our children. So they have playmates oh, right. and a neighborhood yes. on wheels. <laughs> right, sure. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And I know, as a child, for me, the most of my best learning came when we did field trips or when we went places, and I right. was engaged in you the were learning. Excited about and it. so yeah. our sure. children do a lot of self-learning right? because they're engaged. When we go somewhere new, they'll get brochures about it. They'll get you know information about it, and they'll read all the facts, and then they'll spit them back out to me, and, and I'll learn from them. They so teach. They, they do. They teach us. They retain it much better right. Uh, right. because they're engaged. Mm -hmm. Now you do some other things in terms of uh, recycling, Reu reduce, reuse, recycle. Mm -hmm. right. So tell us about some of those ventures. Right. So we, yeah, we, and we encourage people to do this too. We uh, reduce, reuse, and recycle. Obviously living in 256 square feet with four kids and a dog, we reduce a lot of things. Yeah. We don't have a lot. We, we try when we bring stuff in to know what that packaging is, because when you bring a product in, even if it's from, you know, part of your grocery, you know, groceries, you bring it in, you want to know where, where that trash is going to go from that product. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we, we try to be cognizant and conscious of that. Um, and then we also compost on the road. Um, we oh, take our food scraps. <laughs> well, we have I a know we about have composting. We have a, just a simple bowl or a, a bin and inside that sits on our counter. And okay. then when that's full, we'll take it out. We have a bucket, just a plain old bucket in the back. Mm -hmm. um, and then when that's full, we try to go to farms or nature centers or schools that will accept it. And most of the time, oh, they're very accepting okay. of it because they want they're trying to build up their compost. Um, and obviously, right. since we don't have a home base, we can't compost and put it back into the earth ourselves. Right. But we do donate it to those places, and they're okay. more than willing to take it. And it helps us because we're able to continue to compost, and it helps them, their program. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then the other thing is if we reduce, reuse, recycle, compost, whatever's left over, and I can show you over here, um, <laughs> is we do something called bottle bricking. So that's taking a... Um, a plastic bottle this is it happens to be just orange juice that we buy for our family and anything that can't be recycled or composted it's trash we stick in this bottle and once you fill it up make it hard mm -hmm. as a brick mm -hmm. um, then you can use it to build it's a free building material and they have built oh. a school in Guatemala out of this um, we helped build um, a, a doghouse for a community center in Oakland um, we've heard of people building sheds, chicken coops, all sorts of things. So obviously there's a lot of people that are doing this because I saw your bin and it said that's a year's worth of waste. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can get a lot into these bottles. You can. <laughs> and again, it depends what you bring in uh, to the house. But right. a lot of our trash that most people don't realize is food waste. 
-hmm. and a lot of it is that compost is um, we we fill up more in the compost waste than we do in these bottles Um, so and it, and again, it really depends on what you're eating. Obviously, the more whole foods that you eat, yeah. the more fruits and vegetables, the right. less packaging less that you packaging. have. Right. So, um, so yeah, are you promote so. doing farmers markets and yeah. all of that? And Definitely. He's decided oh. that the microphone <laughs> is really a nice toy. Yes. That's good. What's that on, Mama? What's that on, Mama? Yeah. But that's really interesting. Sure. Yeah. So those bricks, then you put mortar around them, and that's what becomes. Yeah, the you can. Uh, you basically. You basically yeah. just um, can do like cob or mud, um, like mm-hmm. mud and straw yeah. um, around oh. it. You use it as kind of a base. You can do a okay. wood frame as well um, oh, and then okay. use these as filler in the wood frame. And right. they're yeah. good. Um, they so actually have good R value to them as far as, you know. Oh, um, helps insulate yeah. a little bit, sure. but you'd basically build up a wall with them and right. then put the cob or something around them. And right. that's how. So yeah, it's just another cool. way. So these things that would usually just go into the garbage end up being used again. Yeah. We're keeping it out um, of the landfill and we're using it you know, right. for something else. And it's just another way to show people how to live more sustainably, which is right. kind of the concept of EcoWomb was the idea was to create an eco-safe environment in our home once our babies came out of the womb because um, yeah. they're nice and safe inside mamas, but once they come out to really make our home as non-toxic as possible. Okay. So this was just right. one of our steps that we tried to do with the right. Yeah. And so you go around the country on tour and you educate mm-hmm. other people, whether they're in an RV or it's a school or right. community center. Right. Or, yeah. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been to 35 states so far okay. and we're still checking them off and the list. And you started and when? <laughs> we started, um, we went full time in January of 2011. Um, We started our tour November 2010, so we're coming up on celebrating five years of being on the road and educating. So your kids have grown up on the road. Yeah, and he was born on the road. (laughs) He was born on the road. He was actually born in the eco womb um, a year and a half ago. So. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, I know there's one more component we want to touch on before Mm -hmm. we have to finish up. We don't have a lot of time, but non-GMO foods. Tell me what that is and why I should be concerned about it. Okay. That was an opening statement, Yeah, awesome, awesome. So uh, GMO foods, GMOs are genetically modified organisms. Basically, they are foods that have been processed in a lab. Um, They are usually either ingested, or the seed either has um, uh, pesticide or herbicide in it. um, In the seed itself. In the seed itself, and Mm -hmm. then they spray on top of that. Mm -hmm. Um, There have never been long-term studies to test that the food is safe for us. Um, and uh, there have been lots of studies that have actually shown over time that, that these, food, um, these, these chemicals are starting to affect our health. Um, and so we're... You see that in uh, the increase in the autoimmune diseases and oh, asthma right. and right. autism and all of the things, these things that have increased over the past decade. Right. Right. Celiac so disease. Has, yeah. It has been an eye-opener for a lot of people, and so it's, it's definitely impacted. And there have been um, proof of, of families taking out GMOs in their diets and their kids being healed. So, right. And right Do now it's in uh, 90% of our foods in this country. Oh, that's um, In 64 mm-hmm. other countries, it's either banned or they're, um, they're made to label. And actually most of the con- uh, companies in this country that export food over to like Europe, um, it has to be labeled. So mm-hmm. that's part of what we've been working on who is trying to get it labeled so that we can know what's in our food. Again, it's back to education. Yeah. Right, yeah. sure. Yeah. So people can make a choice. If they right. want to choose GMOs, great. And if they, they don't, they're able to make that choice right. when they pick up a product. And so now, before we have all that labeling, how do we know? 
whether it's you can buy certified um, organic certified USDA Ah. organic um, and then there's also um, the non-gmo um, verified certification, um, the non-GMO project. So you have to look at the labels. You have to look right. at the labels. Yeah. Right. And as okay. a mama, you know, I, we do for our kids. Um, we, we, we started to just look at labels and we started to, you know, see them get healthier and healthier the more food choices okay. that we made for the better for them. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, well, so this is it. super interesting. I, I'm really excited <laughs> to have come across you guys. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you for coming up. by. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish you well on your tour, Thank your you. next event that's coming up. And, uh, Maybe we'll see you down the road sometime. Yeah, awesome. Okay. We'll be back with more of American RVer, and um, we hope you'll stay tuned. We'll be right back with our Friends Across America segment. Want to replace your halogen or fluorescent lights with cool, energy-efficient LEDs? Then check out www.ledrvlighting.com. They specialize in interior LED RV lighting. With low prices, a good selection, and fast delivery, you can't beat them. You can even get LED tubes that directly replace your fluorescent lights, quick and easy. Go to www.ledrvlighting.com, your best source for RV LED lights. In this segment, Friends Across America, I'm so happy to introduce you to Bob Gordon. He is a full-time RVer and we found him in sunny Southern California. Bob, it doesn't get any better than this, does this it? This is perfect. I'm Absolutely. telling you, yeah, we are loving this weather. <laughs> it is terrific. But you've been full-time for seven years, but before we talk about that, let's go back to the beginning, Bob. How did you begin camping? Well, when uh, my first wife and I were in grad school, we could not travel unless we RV'd. Oh, just because of the expense of everything? The expense of it, and we had little or no money on scholarships and Uh four children. Oh my goodness. And both of us working on masters and PhDs at the University of Georgia. Okay. And so when we traveled, we traveled and used a Volkswagen camper in the 50s. Oh really, so that was before the little pop tops? That was before the pop tops at the very beginning, but it was a Camper. It was a camper. Yes. Did it have a, a stove and a kitchen and yes. everything in there? No toilet, but a stove and kitchen right. and and sleeping quarters. Well, yes, for four kids that were <laughs> everywhere, so some on the front seat and, and right on the floor and right. everywhere. And then uh, later, I continued, but when I was teaching in uh, at Texas Tech University, I built my first RV. Oh, really? Yes, from a um, over-the-road mail sorting truck with a Leland diesel pancake engine in the center. Okay. It was about 35 foot long, and we gutted that and built a first RV. So, before we talk about that first RV, a mail sorting truck? Yes. What is that? <laughs> well, Doesn't everything the, get done electronically and mechanically? Uh, not at that time. It wasn't. <laughs> as, as they drove the truck between large cities, they would be sorting the mail by putting it in cubby holes. In. Oh, wouldn't that be a dream job? Oh. <laughs> Standing up for hours. To oh, sorting. my goodness. Okay, so you took so. that, you gutted it, and you turned it into an RV. Yes, and used it uh, while I was on a postdoc at uh, Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and Mm. also while working on hot springs bacteria in Yellowstone National Park. Oh, 
Well, that does sound like a dream job. Uh, if you're into bugs and bacteria. Well, I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I was. <laughs> but now I have the dream job of being a full-time in this RV. Plus, since I've been full-timing, I've owned eight motorhomes. Oh, boy. And currently have three motorhomes. Uh, oh, that's hard to drive all those at one is. time. It is. I've tried and tried, but I haven't <laughs> been able to do that. Here's a toe. <laughs> <laughs> so but, what's uh, one of the other RVs that you have? You were telling me about well, the uh, special this, one. Well, this one is a 2013 Thor Ace, 30-foot right. 30, 30 with slides. That's the one that with the bed in the front that drops down? Yes, it does. Right, okay. Right as well as a bed in the rear. In the rear, yes. And then uh, I had and lived in a 37-foot uh, diesel pusher Friendship, 1990, an older one. Okay. Which I'm in the process of trying to sell. Okay. And then for a toy, parked not far from here, a few hundred feet, is a 1978 GMC. Oh, that's uh, almost 26-foot home. That's almost a cult classic. It is, and it's a very popular. Uh, at the time that they first came out in the 70s, there was no way I could afford one. Right. And now you can buy them for as low as $5,000 or hmm. on up to 55000 Depending on renovations that have right. been done. Right, yes. So are you renovating this one? Uh, I'm trying to make sure it runs well first. Okay. <laughs> So engine and mechanics first, and yes, then the living quarters. A, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've stayed in it. I've lived in it here several weeks uh, here on a lease site. Okay. Here at Wilderness Lakes. Well, full-time since 2007, do, do you do a lot of traveling? I have traveled by RV in every state except in Hawaii. I have RV'd in Mexico, went 600 miles down to Baja a year ago. Oh, wow. And with friends, I RV'd for three weeks in New Zealand this past year. Oh, you must have rented an RV over rented, there. Rented RVs there, yes. Yes, fantastic. And they were diesel powered, and we'd get up to 20 to 24 miles per gallon. No kidding. Now, right. I know you've got a blog online, right? And people yes. can see pictures of that RV that you took right. to New Zealand there? That's at GoRVNAmerica.com. So G-O-R-V-I-N-G-N America. Right, as North America, yes. Ah, America.com. Right. Yeah, and so I, if you want to see a picture of that RV, I, I saw it on there the other day. And I also then write for Let'sRV.com. Okay as well so with articles and blogs so much of my writing is destination and it's fun to write it's better to get paid for it yeah. absolutely <laughs> sure yeah and, it helps and i out really have enjoyed it but the big thing i like about rving especially the full timing is the spontaneity and the freedom of being able to go when and where i wish to for the most part Freedom is a big word. <laughs> it's, it really is. It really is. It's not is. only freedom, you know, economics or location, but it's an attitude. Totally. So you feel That's like correct. you have a freedom-filled world. I think I have <laughs> the best of everything, and I think that yes. 
freedom and positive thinking and happiness are are crucial as far as I'm concerned. Right. I agree with you. I tend to be a happy, upbeat person anyway. So, and I think a lot of RVers are, and I think that's part of the RV lifestyle. You're out, you're active, you're enjoying, which makes you a, a happier person. Right. And by the way, I did my four miles already this morning. Oh, <laughs> yes. Bob and I met walking in the park. I was almost done with my four miles. I regrettably did not walk today. I didn't get it. I'll have to go tomorrow. <laughs> but you are not only an article writer, but you've also authored some books. Well, I, I have. I'm in the process of writing what I call RV Moments. Okay. And my second uh, book is online dating, especially with a chapter on RV online dating. Okay, there's probably a lot of single RVers out there that might find some interest in that. Well, they, How is that different from regular online dating? Wherever I go, I can plug in the zip code for the area and search in Match.com or OkCupid or Plenty of Fish and find uh, nice ladies in that area. Okay. And so then, have if you want to have greet. a yeah, if you want to have a companion for dinner, or right. just meet someone it may just be for that limited period of time or it not. may be one and done or it might be uh, a lot of fun right? yeah yeah well at least you're open to new experiences and you're not just hiding out in your rv oh, hoping uh, somebody will drop out of the sky <laughs> right. yeah, that <laughs> hasn't happened yet <laughs> <laughs> well where do you see yourself going from here well i uh my next trip is up to uh, Eastern Sierras. I have a daughter who's an engineer at the National Forest, and I'll be going up to Bishop and Mammoth, and oh, then across over to the coast. And I really don't have anything planned. It's just nebulous. And okay, like you said, more spontaneous. It than is than uh, spontaneity not. is great. Right? Yeah. Well, good. Well, we're, we appreciate you taking a couple of minutes to just talk to us at American RVer. I'm happy to meet you folks and happy to uh, talk about this RVing. I, I recommend it highly. I've helped several people get started. I uh, helped them purchase their RV, that is, determine which one they want to purchase. Is it, yeah, and, and is most appropriate for them right. and in the best kind of shape. Yes. Because, you know, as an RVer, you have to know a lot. Uh, I mean, otherwise you're paying a lot of money for someone to repair your RV. So you have to know that it's a good quality unit to start with. You really do, and I cover some of that in my RV Moments book, which hopefully I will get published. In. Oh, pretty soon. <laughs> soon, soon, soon. Okay, terrific. All right. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for joining us on Friends Across America, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.